You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the MLB Extras Kansas City Royals podcast. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined as always by Jeffrey Flanagan. And Jeffrey, since we last spoke, the Royals came to agreement with Whit Merrifield on a four-year contract extension, buying out his arbitration years. Uh, it's worth a guaranteed $16.25 million. And uh, I guess we can lay to rest for now the Whit Merrifield trade rumors uh, that, of course, you know, a year ago, that was a big thing. Last summer, uh, there were a lot of rumors about Merrifield. Even beginning of this winter, uh, they continued. But obviously, this is a relationship uh, they want to maintain. Well, also, and, and, and not to correct you, but we, we won't be calling it an extension because actually uh, they're just buying up, yeah, they're just buying up the RV years. And the other thing that's kind of interesting, too, is, you know, there, there are some pundits out there who think this sets up with better uh, to be traded because you're wiping out the RV years and, and any prospective teams actually now know exactly what they would be paying. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they did this deal because uh, out of, of loyalty to to Wit and, and back and forth, and I think they see him as a guy uh, who's just turning thirty and, and could be a big leader in the clubhouse uh, going forward. But look, base as you know, Anthony, baseball changes every five minutes, and so you know they got you know they got Nicky Lopez in the minors who could play second base um, and, and third base and, and maybe a little bit of short too. So you just don't know um, how these teams feel about this going forward. But um, it's certainly a happy day for Witt. You know, his, uh, his parents were at the presser on Monday. He had, you know, was a big presence at, at FanFest on, on Friday and Saturday. And uh, certainly a feel-good moment for the Royals to, to lock him in at a, a pretty affordable rate. Yeah, and as you said, Jeffrey, he just turned 30, but he's also just coming into his own. You know, he had a, a later breakout and, and coming off a year where he led the majors in hits and stolen bases, and that's obviously rare territory historically. So, um, you know, you've kind of seen his his path, uh, you know, rising up the ranks and, and having this surprising impact at the big league level. It must be nice. Uh, it's nice to see a guy rewarded for that. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's, he's 30. But the, there's not a lot of miles on that 30. And, I mean, if you looked at Witt and you go in the clubhouse, you, you'd swear he's 23, 24. He takes great care of himself. Um, and he does everything in the game very well. I mean, he uh, understands baseball so well and, uh, and plays great defense at a lot of positions and and uh, can hit and run, can uh, he can bond. He can do – he steal bases, obviously. He's not going to – Look, he's not going to steal. He's not going to lead the league in steals again. Not with Montesi and and Billy Hamilton and Gore on the same team anymore. But um, he might be fourth on the team in steals. But you know, he, this is a great deal, I think, for for Witt, his his family, the fans too, because he's become a big time fan favorite. And um, you know, I, personally, I kind of I hope he hangs around. I hope, I hope they don't trade him. I hope he he stays a royal because uh, he's he's a good individual. Um, and he, he's good for the team and good for the community. Let's hear from Whit Merrifield. Here's what he had to say about his rise from the minor leagues, being a late bloomer to signing a four-year deal with the Royals. I always hoped a day like this would come, and you know, I always, I always thought that 
if I got a chance, you know, I, I could be successful at this level. And with that, you know, the progression of, of the career, this day might come. But, um, no, so, I mean, I was talking to my agent the other day and sitting there at 25, you know, I to be in this opportunity is um, – it's 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 pretty special. We've come a long way since then. I mean, it was just a day by day process. When I was twenty five in AAA, I was thinking, what do I got to do to get to the big leagues? When I got to the big leagues, it was what do I got to do to stay here. And you know, once I started performing, um, you know, then the business part starts coming together, and you start thinking, okay, what's going to be best for me in, in, in my career? And um, you know, we we thought this was a good time because. Going through the arbitration process, you know how it works. It's about individual numbers and putting up numbers, and that's never been a good recipe for me to be successful. Uh, it wasn't like that way in the minor leagues. Um, in the minor leagues, it's about individually performing to get to the big leagues, and um, I think I showed that once I got to the big leagues where it wasn't so much about me anymore. It was about playing to win, and that was kind of where I found my, my groove again that I really lost since college. So uh, being able to do this and not have to worry about going through the arbitration process and not being so concerned with personally how I'm playing but what I can do to help our team win, I think is going to be good for, for not only my career but for, but for this team. And then the other cool element of the Whit Merrifield story, Jeffrey, is uh, you know a couple of years ago he shows up in spring training having had some crazy offseason diet. One that I wouldn't mind replicating, by the way. Uh, remind some folks uh, what what would Merrifield uh, put his body through that winter? Yeah, it was it was he did it for like two years where he went on this insane uh, diet and exercise program where he consumed I don't know something like six, seven, eight thousand calories a day, but worked out three times a day. Um, he would have you know. 12 eggs for breakfast and uh it was just it was just fun to to monitor that um and he showed up and he he, he picked up about 15 to 20 pounds of upper body muscle um he was a guy if you look at his his that's he was not a big home run threat in the minors um he, he got labeled as just kind of a light hitting utility guy and that all changed uh when he committed himself to this new program and uh the, the, the funniest part about that to me was because I asked him, I said, well, how do you eat that much in the morning and then go work out? Because you or I couldn't do that. We would, you know, probably be barfing, you know, if, if we tried to work out that. But he said it did take him like two or three weeks, two or three weeks to adjust to get his stomach to work that he could have that many that much food in it and, and still work out. And um, he was working out, you know, three, four times a day and it totally changed his career changed everything and look at him now he's got 16.25 million uh guaranteed good for him yeah absolutely and that's the problem it's most of us can replicate the diet it's the uh offsetting it with the exercise <laughs> is the difficult part um so Whit merrifield was a late bloomer maybe that'll be the case with kyle zimmer obviously um you know it's been it's been difficult uh it's been a difficult go for for kyle zimmer thus far in his professional career four surgeries to date um, he's made many comebacks and, and he's just, he's trying to put it together. He did the driveline baseball program in Seattle, uh, last fall. I know you caught up with him recently. What's his outlook for 2019? Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to just bump into him. Uh, I went down to the Arizona fall league for a couple of days, uh, last October and we chatted a bit there and, and he was just, uh, grinning ear to ear, uh, just about how good he felt. Um, 
And this is a guy, like you mentioned, four surgeries, has always been in some kind of discomfort whenever he threw. Uh, could always, he always had the stuff, could throw 93, 96, 97, whatever. Uh, but it would take, he would break down. It would take him three, four days to recover. And since he went to driveline last year, which the Royals sponsored and paid for, uh, mostly all of it, uh, he, he's had no such uh, discomfort at all. And so he showed up at FanFest again last week, and, and he again said, look, he's throwing three, four times a week off the mound, hitting 95, 96 with ease, and he said he wakes up the next morning, absolutely no discomfort. So to me, that, that's going to be the wild card. One of the wild cards this spring is, you know, can Kyle, Zim Kyle Zimmer, who has been bashed by fans and bloggers and media types for, for since he was a first-round pick in 2012, can, can he make a difference? If that's the case, those are the kind of surprises, as you know, Anthony, that small market teams need. And what, what a great story that would be if, if he could, you know, just contribute in the bullpen this year. So, Jeffrey, this week, uh, MLB Pipeline released its top 100 prospects list. The, the Royals did have one player on that list. Brady Singer, right-handed pitcher, weighed in at number 54. Now, he's not expected uh, this year in the big leagues, probably more like 2020, but uh, give us the rundown on Brady Singer. Yeah, I think he'll start out probably at, at high Wilmington. Um, but, you know, look at a guy like, like Brandon Finnegan, uh, who was drafted and ended up pitching the World Series that same year. I'm not saying that, that Brady Singer will be that guy, but they're not going to have any limitations on him or Jackson Coover that they're high on, too. Um, if those guys, you know, excel at, at Class A, if they if they get up to Double A by, you know, late spring, early summer, I wouldn't be stunned to see them in September. I just wouldn't. Um, this rebuilding project uh, is, is going to have to go rapidly, and they want it to go rapidly. And those guys were college pitchers who pitch in the, in the World Series. They know what they're doing. They have experience. Um, if they're successful in the minors this year, they can shoot right through the system. And you're right, probably it's probably 2020, but I wouldn't be stunned to see, you know, one of those guys uh, arrive at Kauffman Stadium sometime in, in late summer. All right, Jeffrey, let's grab a couple questions from your latest Twitter inbox. Uh, Trent at TM Trauber asks, What's the realistic plan for Terrence Gore? He certainly can't take a roster spot just to run a few times per week, right? What do you think? <laughs> uh, to me, that's just so funny. Like, uh, that's, you know, 1980s thinking. Uh, they, they, they won uh, from 2013 to 2015 because they had elite speed, elite defense. They won a ton of games, uh, as you remember, with, you know, pinch running, uh, stealing second and third, uh, squeezing them home, just small ball stuff. And that's who they want to be again. So that is why they signed Terrence Gore. And they signed him to a major league deal. He has no option, so he's not going anywhere uh, unless they just decide the whole thing wasn't worth it and they release him. But um, I, I expect, and club officials I've talked to, he's probably going to get anywhere from 80 to 100 pinch running opportunities this year. Um, and he's going to steal a lot of bases. He's No, he's not going to start. He's not going to you know, hit 280 or 290 or something like that. But he's going to be that weapon off the bench that um, they lost 51 leads last year. Um, and a lot of those leads, 
they lost 31 one-run games. A lot of those could have been turned around just if they had some kind of weapon like that off the bench. And that's what they want this year, and that will be Terrence Gore. And um, I think you're going to hear that name a lot uh, through the summer. And Donald Caldwell, uncleated at uncleated 55, he asks, uh, what's your thoughts on Hunter Dozier this year? Is this his make it or lose it year? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, he came on strong uh, the last couple of months. What, once he started playing every day at third base, I thought uh, Inedios really, really raved about his defense and how it improved uh, as the season went on. There are other people in the organization maybe not quite as high on, on his defense. Um, I, I've heard the term he has high hips, which for a third baseman uh, is not necessarily good. Like he can't get you know down to the ground quite as quickly, but um, – He's come around offensively. Um, he's a terrific athlete. Um, Dayton Moore said several times that, you know, if he played a whole year, he could probably steal 20 and 25 bases and, and maybe hit 20 home runs. So good. Can he play enough good defense to, to stick around? Uh, we don't know, but that's what this year is for. They don't have a lot of options below him. Chesler Cuthbert was taken off the 40. Um, he filled in for uh, Moose, as you remember, two years ago and did well, but uh, not necessarily uh, at the top of the organization's thought process right now. So it's going to be Hunter's year this year, and I think he's going to start a lot at third base, and they need to find out who they got there. All right, you can check out the rest of Jeffrey's latest inbox at royals.com. He'll even give you the opening day lineup if you check that out. And I'm, I'm going to hold you, I'm going to, hold you <laughs> yeah. to that lineup, Jeffrey. We'll see. Uh, but and Ned, you also be thrilled. Please, please email that to him. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get right on that and, and post it in the clubhouse already. Uh, good stuff, as always, from our friend Jeffrey Flanagan. Jeffrey, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Anthony.